Are you sure. going to talk about how you screwed this all up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Oh, wow, I can really hear myself. Isn't it crazy? I don't like it. I'm so I'm so proud of you both. This is this is amazing. For like I'm the last proud time, of you. The I job like, that you do. <laughs> the last time I've seen you both, this is like you have your own dedicated space now. This is so cool. I am so happy that I tricked you into being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what the craziest thing is he was expected to come watch you go to the bathroom and now he's <laughs> Well, it's like Chris has like really fun jokes and you know he he loves loves his friends and <laughs> loves all that loves his jokes. I was like, oh, he's just you know joking about wanting to you know watch me go to the bathroom. <laughs> like it's a fun way that he's and showing. Then he his... asks you, you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you need to be more straightforward with people. It's I, okay. Yeah, I guess I'm so I'm such a podcast nerd <laughs> that I just assume people just know assume what people that always want to be on it. Maybe that's he didn't also want to. true. Hey, did you see my Spotify though? Number four on my most listened to spot. I did see that. My most listened to podcast for the year. Really? Yes. Yeah. I thought you were talking about your Taylor Swift thing. Oh <laughs> what was the Taylor Swift thing? You were like in the point five percent of people, <laughs> like like top people listening. Point, to- um, it was actually point. I think it was like yeah point yeah point five percent or point zero five. Yeah. Of okay. top listeners across the world for Taylor Swift. For Taylor Swift. It's so so it's like he strictly listens to Taylor Swift. I um <laughs> it's that's amazing because the song that I was gonna sing for you today was <clears throat> I tricked Braden giving oh. to help us move things. Oh, but that's good. now he's sitting on our podcast. Welcome, Braden Giving. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, that's good. I used to sing, um, I'll be sucking on a big old titty. Just because it You never with... did that. You've never heard me sing that? <laughs> I guess That's not. hilarious. Maybe I just go to Taylor in my head and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I am, okay, I'm glad I tricked you. I'm glad no, this there was confusion fine. because- we love you. I hope, so do you have plans? Much. Like, what's our this time limit? This is great. I, I, this is a, the most perfect homework break that I could ask for. <laughs> so this what, is great. Are you finishing which your masters? So I know you it's it's, your... it's super confusing. So I have my masters in, in occupational therapy, but I actually just started going back for my doctorate. Good for you. Yeah, I, re- I really want to be a professor. So I actually I'm a what? I'm a lab you, you, I'm yeah. a lab instructor at the St. Kate's Masters of OT program right now when? in St. Paul. Um, I started. Last year, so if you have your master's and you're a clinician, clinician, you can just you can be a lab instructor. But yeah. I really want to teach, you know, the evidence-based practice courses, pediatrics, um, even models and theories for the occupational th- therapy program. But you need to you need to have a PhD or a clinical doctorate. So I'm getting a post. Do you sleep? <laughs> Good God! Well, thankfully, my my job um, with M Health Fairview is a 0.6 FT, so I have some oh, time. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Good it's a lot of fun. You, you do look doctor. Yeah, you do look. I know. Like a doctor. Zach's like, ooh, doctor giving. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's Are fun. you gonna go by? Do- well, yeah. I think professors usually go by doctor if they yeah, have a doctorate. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm I'm not a medical doctor, but I'll be like a like a clinic a clinical yeah, yeah, yeah. doctor of occupational therapy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's I, nuts. I could see you on one of those swivelly chairs. 
being like, so what are we in for this week? <laughs> That's a nurse practitioner, be- I think. No. Is what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Like Dr. Victoria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's not a doctor. She's only got her APRN. But that's okay. That's why I said NPR. (laughs) Welcome to NPR Radio. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. You're such a dork. Um, What was I going to say? I lost it. Let's go back to Taylor Swift. I'll never say no to that. That album that came out. Folklore? Yeah. And I, I, I think Chris you know. Chris doesn't usually like. Yeah, Taylor I'm a shit. I know, right? Yeah, I, that's okay. I, I, I talk mad shit about Taylor Swift. Absolutely, which I don't get, but that's and okay. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think of folklore? I loved it, Bon Iver. I mean, that track is goosebumpy. Yeah, it is. I just love him so fucking much. Have you Have you watched her? Um, Pond Studio sessions on Disney Plus. We watched half of it. Yeah, Does Layla it, got bored. It's It's really cool listening to her talk about what because even as somebody who's a mad taylor swift fan i had no idea how deep some of those songs were really about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well and jack antonoff he's really cool i saw him and i was like god i swear that dude is in another band i feel like he's a producer and then she looked it up and yeah he's uh yeah so i've seen him in a multitude of other things mm-hmm. as well um incredible songwriter yeah and and um the other cat I Adam Dresner, the National. Yes, the National. That's I was right. Woo! Because yeah. he's got a twin brother. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and so him and his brother are in the National. And there's oh. a documentary about the National. It is so like it made me cry multiple times because um, the lead singer uh, obviously rose to fame, mm-hmm. and his younger brother wanted to be famous yeah and uh wanted to be a filmmaker so they made a documentary about his younger brother making a documentary oh that's cool and like you can see the frustration because he's a weird dude like the the younger brother but he's so well-intentioned and it reminded me of me so much is like that feeling of like if you just give me the chance, I'll show you that my intentions are good and that really at the end of the day, all I want to do is to be heard and like be creative. Yeah. And so it just, I wish I could remember the name of the, the documentary, but it's no, that's insanely really cool. good. I think people always look back to like back Taylor Swift where she's singing about heartbreak and all mm-hmm. that. And they don't realize like she writes all these songs. She does all this work. Mm-hmm. She's a, artist she's not like our cookie cutter back in the day they had all these songwriters which songwriters are great we need songwriters too so i'm not crapping on these Mm -hmm. people but she does that all of that Mm -hmm. yeah i think and the one thing with folklore i really enjoyed and i think this is something that that you know taylor does write a lot of songs that are like no that are stories but she really focused on the stories this time Mm -hmm. and she really wanted to have much of the album be not even about her and so I know with Adam, the national, I know he he opened up on the documentary that he struggles with depression. And so how that struggle for, um, I think it's with Taylor Swift's like, this is me trying song about mm. talking about, you know, how even talks about like a person, you know, who is just struggling so hard and they drive up to a cliff and they look down like, like maybe this is it. Like maybe this is it for me. 
and um you know people are smiling and enjoying their lives every day but for some people like even hanging out at social gatherings or even just waking up and going to work like that is them trying that mm-hmm. is their version of just trying to get by yeah, yeah so yeah. i love how like every song is just from you know feminist rage and misogyny to um like the 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 cheating love triangle on the album like it's it's pretty well done yeah it's really fun she also knows how to delegate like she's Mm. she's this is not her first rodeo and i think it was um the year that she was going for uh she had seven uh grammy nominations and that's when we started to learn that she was like i know that i can songwrite but i also know that there are people who uh can amplify the message that I want to convey. So she started to hire people very specifically. And I think that's why Jack Antonoff and, and uh, was it Adam? Yep. Uh, why she had them on this is because that like this type of album is their wheelhouse. Yeah. And so she's just very good at, at finding these people mm-hmm. to, to match up with the message that she wants to convey. And it's incredibly impressive. Yeah. For sure. And I also love how close Jack and Taylor are because he helped produce her like her last three albums. Ah, yeah, they're really close. Yeah, yeah. he's an he's an interesting dude. What did we say? He's dressed like um... <laughs> in that one scene. He's like very much like late eighties, early nineties. That's, that's his vibe with the bleachers. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then she's like hip nineties. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like <laughs> he was like Breakfast Club and she, yeah. And she's like clueless, but edgy clueless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I like looked <laughs> yeah. at them. I was like, oh, absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. I have to finish the documentary, but it was really good. Layla got bored because it's not like concertish. Yeah, where it's like they, t- picking apart things and all yeah. that. The the second half of the album gets pretty dang deep. Does some it? Of the stuff. Yeah, well, I'm excited to finish yeah. it. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, good. as a hardcore Taylor fan, I learned. I think I was very surprised by how much I didn't know and how much I learned. And even Zach, does it make you like her even more? Yeah, I actually I loved the folklore studio versions, but I loved how stripped back the pond studio, and you can like listen to her voice and um you know even zach he you know he he enjoys taylor i think much maybe much to <laughs> make me happy he'll like let me play taylor yeah, yeah, yeah. but even he was like like l- like reading the lyrics as she was saying them like i had no idea this is this is insane like how yeah. incredible this is yeah. So, yeah yeah what what has life been like for him because he is in the arts yes he's a he's the high school choir teacher at buffalo oh yeah yeah, and he, I, I firmly believe he, he may not say so. I think he's doing such an incredible job because, um, you know, with Waltz, I think Waltz at the beginning really wanted to try to leave options open by allowing school districts to choose whether to do it all virtual, either a hybrid or you mm-hmm. know keeping it in person. But I think the the devil's advocate to that is now that teachers had a basically lesson plan three times more than they usually do mm-hmm. for like three different settings. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Buffalo was used to doing in-person hybrid and virtual. And so then, you know, switching it, they just switched to doing it all virtual, which I think, you know, it's the safest public health option. Um, yeah, yeah. So they kind of just have to readjust again. Yeah. But, Is it hard from like, usually this time of year, they do like the choir concerts for yeah, Christmas and all that. Yeah. And what I really appreciate about Zach is that, you know, I think especially with the arts, choir, band, orchestra, all of that, it is very hard to mimic what you would experience in yeah. person virtually. Yeah. But 
I think he's taking it on as like a, a fun creative challenge and wanting yeah, to turn that's good like their Christmas concert into like a production and make it into like a mini film and making it feel you know it's not going to be like you were in person but we can still make a pretty badass and even maybe more family members can see this exactly. now yeah. because now everyone could always make it to choir like family members right. across the country now we can make this so your whole family can see it and they can be safe yep yeah absolutely it's a crazy time this year has been bananas it is has he has he been doing any other performing like outside of teaching um yeah so he um he is also the vocal choir like lead for a church in golden valley okay so he does that and that's been a lot of that's been virtual now and he he was singing in the minnesota singers in the twin cities and then just doing all this stuff just i think became you know it's a lot and so i yeah. think he is taking a break from doing that and yeah so yeah. i know and i think yeah landon joined choir this year he had to choose between band and choir and i'm like how does that work and he's like well like we can have our masks off for a period of time because i'm like with droplets and all that but yeah. they had to figure it out which is fine i trust i b- trust the schools i yeah. know that they're doing the best they can and they're they're probably safer than I go to the Target and grocery shop. They're probably safer than going to the Target. Oh, so firmly believe that. So I'm like, yeah, I respect. I've always respected teachers, but like a million percent more. I, I think they're very underpaid. Um, I think we. I think if anything, well, the pandemic has obviously opened our eyes to a lot of things. But I think teachers need to get paid more. They need access to more things mm-hmm. to be able to support our students and. They're angels. Yep. I'll just throw that out there. Yep. Because I, like my job has changed a little bit. Like I still do assessments. I do them virtually, mm-hmm. which is fine. It keeps me away from patients. And so I can be safe because my team's so small. Like we can't get sick. If we get sick, we there's no one there to do these assessments. Sure. Um, but that's the change I've had to do. Okay, I'll do a video where teachers are, con- like you just said, they're constantly having to change things and recreate things. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they're getting, there's, I'm a kind person like parent i'm i've never lashed out at a teacher but i definitely know there's people out there that target teachers and it's awful yeah, yeah like that exists yeah and <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. i i land and will miss a lot of things and he's like well it's this and this and it's like no it's not your teacher it's you like but i know a lot of times i feel like teachers are just getting crapped on yeah and then i know i, I never read the comments under news things but then i do because i'm whatever and then all these people crapping on the public school system and they just need to go back to schools. It's like, okay, but you you need to know we need to protect our teachers because mm-hmm. like there was a period where like Becker, a lot of the teachers were out because they were sick and now we're throwing kids in there getting these yeah. people sick and these teachers, who knows if they, maybe they live with their elderly parents. We don't know what their living situation is. Yeah. So it's like, come on, you guys, let's just all adjust. Yeah. It's a, it's a complex public health problem that we were, that United States was just not prepared for, but I'm hopeful. Hopeful. I'm, I know. I'm hopeful. Oh my gosh. I'm very hopeful. Speaking of that, elections and all that. I do. I was listening to Biden <laughs> talking about his economic, like his, who he's putting in there. And like just listening to him talk, I just feel so much more comfort. Him and Kamala, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, good. Like they've got plans in place. They're, he's not even in yet. And he's still like, this is what we're doing. Like he's already prepared. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other guy, where is he at? And no, no, he's not doing anything right now. Just throwing a hissy fit. Well, still, <clears throat> I, I was. I'm glad you brought that up because I think like the the best descriptor of you is um, sweet and proud. Like you have this oh, way thanks. of like um, 
whenever you make a, a post uh, like for a political stance or social viewpoint, um, it never seems like it's from a place of like arrogance. Mm. It's mm-hmm. it's from a place of like, no, this deserves the gravity that I want it to to feel that it has, that it should oh, have. I appreciate that. You yeah. know what I mean? No. Like all your posts too. I'm like, yes, yes. How many times have I been like, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm like this is it. I, you know, I, 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 tr- I, I appreciate that. I'm, I try to be as, as intentional with the words and the posts that I make and uh, every, you know, anything that revolves around a public health issue or something to do with um, politics. I always do some, hella research yes and, and that's I, your education especially now going for your doctorate it's all peer-reviewed mm-hmm. evidence-based stuff mm-hmm. so when people are posting this crap like masks don't work period um covid doesn't exist it's like it's very real mm-hmm. i was hesitant about the vaccines and i'm still but at the same time i've done a little bit more research where sars mm-hmm. was out there and they were doing research on that. And at that point, they were trying to come up with a vaccine. So it's like the vaccine they're coming up with now isn't like out of nowhere. They're trying to recreate like with the SARS one. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. And they've been following like a trial of about 70, 80,000 people. Yeah. Um, for the past few months, they've been trialing this vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm like, OK, yeah. I'm feeling a little better. But it's hard when people post things are not. I have one person constantly that posts crap that's non-peer-reviewed or evidence-based. It's just all this crap. And I want to be like, and it's one of those people that just sits on their computer, goes on these anti-vax mm-hmm. sites, and it's like, none of this is like... Right. But then and I'm like, don't lash out at people. But I just, I get so angry because then you see the other side of it. Like, my mom was super, super sick with covid and she's still like recovering, but like she was like delirious from it, mm-hmm. like confused, gotten her. Yeah. And so it's like seeing that and it's like, this is real, you guys. Like, it's scary. Yeah. We've 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 had two members actually pass away from COVID-19 oh because, my God. Of, because of, I think, just the, you know, the, the public safety measures that people just haven't been following. And I think I, you know, and this is something, too, I, I had to I had I had to learn and I still am learning how to do better about is my initial like reactions to things and not trying to get really pissed and really angry and trying to understand like, you know, from their experiences, like why they're frustrated. And I think a lot of people will, you know, I've I had some friends, you know, they'll tell me like, you know, why do you spend a lot of time researching and posting, posting things on Facebook and picking your battles to reply to comments and, and such. And I always come from a standpoint, it's like, do you know what? Like people will bash on social media. It has its pros and cons, but I think really like if you articulate your argument, not only well, but like from a kind of a really hopeful and like from a respectful manner, no no matter how pissed off and how incorrect and and even ethically violating someone's comments Mm -hmm. are, you might have somebody that might even just reconsider their position. Yes. Like, yeah. And I think that's really, that's truly the incredible part about education. And that's why if I first see something on Facebook, I'm like, I let myself be fucking angry and just pissed and think you don't work in the IC. You don't, you don't work even in healthcare. You, you know, and you don't have an education and that's, you know, so flip that screen real quick. I'm paranoid that it's not recording. 
It is. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. No. Um, yeah. I. That's the frustration too when they're like, hospitals aren't filling up and it's like, legally, we can't say things. Mm-hmm. People that work in hospitals, we can't be like, no, this is actually the percentage of what's going on in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so frustrating. It's like, like in the beginning of the pandemic when people are like, do you remember when people would drive to ERs and like film things and be like, there's no one here. This is all fake. It's like, cause the people are afraid to go to the ER. So they're not going there if they don't have to. Yeah. And it's like, that was irritating to begin with. And now people are still like, well, hospitals mm-hmm. aren't filling up. It's like legally the people that work in them can't say like yeah. it's a HIPAA violation, but yeah. just know that like, there's a lot of sick people there. And right. one thing that I was getting angry about, and this is what got heated that like I saw something I was angry. I called Chris. Chris talks me off the ledge a lot because I want to lash out at people, but I do, I'm not that kind of person where I'll yeah. just, but this one same person posts this stuff all the time. And I was like, I get that COVID, the death rate, it, it is low. Mm-hmm. That's not my concern. It's like they're coming in the hospital and these people are super sick. Mm-hmm. So if your dad has a heart attack, comes in, but this COVID patient needs a bed, it's like now there's less beds for the normal. Like we're in trauma season right now. Mm-hmm. We car accidents, the bad weather and all that. Mm-hmm. There's less beds for all these other people. Like that's why we want people to stay healthy so that they don't have to use hospital beds. Right. So we can take the traumas and take the whatever else is mm-hmm. the thing yeah the thing that drives me nuts is when people start to uh spat out uh facts about like other things like x amount of people die from the flu mm-hmm. x amount of people die from this and that it's like you're you're not that that doesn't um negate covid like Absolutely. you're saying all those things hey guess what that's on top now we have an extra thing that's you can't true. say those things like mm-hmm. just because these facts exist Therefore, COVID does not exist. Mm-hmm. Like now, yeah. you have to worry about both of those fucking and things. And influenza shouldn't be killing people either. That's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, flu kills this many people, but it shouldn't. Like, we maybe we should be taking more precautions all the time. Yeah. Like maybe we should be cleaning things a little bit more in stores, and maybe we should be thinking about what we're doing more often. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we should lessen the death rates of flu too. On top mm-hmm. of this. Well, and I find sometimes the argument like people often oftentimes will compare. You know, an H1N1 was a big a big public health issue and often will compare the flu to COVID. And oftentimes people will compare the data from COVID-19 to the flu, but the data with the flu is conflated because it's been going on for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, and I just had a, a really beautiful conversation with a neighbor about this, um, that he's an adorable um, old, like elderly man, him and his wife are retired and they live across the street. And, you know, he even asked me like, you know, you work in the healthcare field. Like, why are people freaking out so much about COVID nineteen? You know, when we had, when we faced H one N one, and I was saying about how with H one N one, you know, we've dealt with the flu before, not with the swine flu, but we were able to develop a vaccine and develop precautions safe enough for people because we have dealt with the flu before. It's like a sibling virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with COVID nineteen, no one in the world was ready for it. We didn't no. have any technology. We had no standards. We had absolutely no idea what it could do do, do to us. Um, and even just with the way it spread, it, it spreads a lot faster than the flu. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just with, you know, the upcoming various vaccines and uh, the leading administration taking it more seriously. I'm just I'm incredibly hopeful and I am kind too. of excited to see what we end up, you know, doing and yeah. hopefully watching it go down. Yes. Well, and uh, I hear like with the election, like I there's it's unfortunate that um People don't want to hear that we shouldn't treat Trump supporters shitty now that we've won. Mm-hmm. 
Like people don't want to hear that. They want to lash out because for four years Mm -hmm. they feel that this was getting rubbed in their face, that Trump was their president and yada, yada, yada. But like nothing will get better if all you're going to do is like, Nanya, you know, we won that type of shit. I know I did that at first. I did the post of the he's fired. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to remove that. Like if I like if Biden's big thing is about being united. (laughs) I'm not going to lash out at these people mm-hmm. and be like, haha, he's your president now. Suck it. Like, mm-hmm. it's true what you're saying. Like, I'm I've like these people posting things and all that. It's like, I'm not a better person than them now. If I'm starting to rub it in their face, too. Mm-hmm. I'm happy he won. I people very much know who I voted for and what side I'm I go on. Right. Um. But yeah, the rubbing it in people's faces. Mm-hmm. and nah, 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 nah. Well, and the educational part, like rather than this is a really great opportunity to educate people and be like, look, I know how you feel. This is how I felt when Trump won mm-hmm. four years ago. It's a really gut wrenching thing. I, I hate that you're going through that right now. But I hope that you know that this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for us to come together. And like at my own work, like. I've been able to educate people on basic things. Like there was somebody who still thought that Hillary wanted to do the basically full term abortion thing without no. knowing that it was there was one case where a woman in New York uh, was basically going to be forced to give birth or to carry a stillborn child mm-hmm. to full term. Yep. And people conflated that and turned it into this thing. Yeah. And, I think they forget on, they don't realize that like it's a stillborn child and it's causing this woman significant well, trauma. Uh, when when that started to get circulated, they omitted the stillborn part. Oh, they of course just, they did. Yeah. So and then I had coworkers who said um they're worried about getting <laughs> carbon monoxide poisoning from wearing the mask all the time. Carbon monoxide. And I was like, that's not First of all, that's not the same. And then when you tell them, like, my sister-in-law works in surgery, neurosurgery, and she wears, like, thick masks, 12... She's done um, cases for, like, 12 hours in Mm -hmm. a mask. It's like... And that's what I said. I was like, "You do you think that all of the nurses and doctors are just dropping left and right? They have they have to wear masks." Carbon monoxide. They get, you get that from gas. You get that from your furnace. Yeah, and, and my coworker was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And so it's like these basic things. I could have been like, no, you fucking idiot. That's yeah, and been an better. asshole about it. But it's like, no, no, no. I understand that you're afraid. Mm-hmm. Like rather than saying you're so stupid for having this irrational fear coming from the place of like, that's that's got to suck to have yeah. this fear. Absolutely. I think I was definitely in the camp, too, at the beginning when Trump lost the official reelection, I think, because I think for a lot of um a lot of queer people, yeah. people of color, um, immigrants. Um, I think I think it was just like we felt we just felt like a, it was a nice fresh breath of air yeah. and relievement. Did you and feel I, like your shoulders like kind of like my, this... my I unclenched my jaws because um, I know like on the docket was you know I think and already you know Trump has already made it has already passed laws to make it harder for queer couples to adopt. Yeah, because so, so like right now religious organizations. Or adoption agencies can, out of religious rights, not allow queer people to adopt because it's against their beliefs and such. And and they're talking about all of these things. And, you know, because from a lot of us within these communities and, you know, a lot of women, too, it's we can't even like think about our civil liberties besides like beyond our human rights so now we get to finally i think breathe and exhale now in a sense that we don't have to think as much about that and we can start working on 
you know, helping to, you know, progress our country and make sure everything's yeah. There's equitable. still going to be arguments because of the way that the, the House representatives, right? It's still majority uh, Republican. Um, Senate. So or what's, Senate, yeah, what's yeah. super interesting about that is there what's um what's happening right now is it's it's a pretty it's a pretty close knit race and so we're relying on the um outcomes in Georgia happening in January because it's a runoff race because it was so close. Oh my gosh. So actually there is actually a chance that the Dems can take the Senate. E- well, even if they don't, knowing that the your top representative has your best interests mm-hmm. at heart, so you at least know cuz like Obama was constantly fighting. Yes. And like the people underestimate like how just relentless he was in making sure that people had rights and, mm-hmm. and was trying to be as fair as possible. And so just knowing that you have the top representative in your corner, yeah, you at least know that you're not alone. Whereas when Trump was in there, it was like, Oh, everyone's against me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the hard thing too, even with um, Obama's presidency is that, they had, a, you know, it was a Republican Senate, so he couldn't get even half of the stuff he wanted to get done anyway. And even Obamacare wasn't even what it was supposed to be yeah, from, because yeah. he had to tweak it as much as he could to, to at least get satisfy. Republican yeah. satisfaction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I bawled when the results came. It came up on my phone. I was driving to work and Layla was with me because she was going to ride with her grandpa to um, Sam's Club or wherever they were going. And it popped up on my phone. I had my phone in the thing and it said Joe Biden officially. And I just started crying and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh and i told layla because we had been waiting and layla was so happy i'm gonna cry all over again and then i called my father-in-law i'm like did you see it did you no i called you first you were in the shower i'm like oh my gosh and chris like well you gotta wait because there's gonna be a lot of lawsuits i'm like i don't care like this is just give me such relief remember was it when we went to mexico that you were like aren't you excited and i was like look I can't be excited until, until we, get we get to the there. hotel. Yeah, until we so get So like home. that's how I feel about this is it's like until January. I'm I'm excited at the prospect, but like until Biden is in there, mm-hmm. yeah. I can't relax. Yeah. Like I felt relaxed. And then I called his dad. It's interesting his dad, both of our dads were very conservative. conservative. Mm-hmm. My dad's changed over quite a few years. Like he voted for Obama both times. He voted for Hillary. He cannot stand Trump. But my dad's 67 very conservative like growing up like yeah but he's changed like he was one of the ones like he sat us down with the vote no and was like this doesn't affect wow. me for him to say that too because i knew how he felt about um queer the queer mm-hmm. community at yeah. that time like well even before that and for him to be like this doesn't affect me but it affects you and your children and your grandchildren and like he's completely Amazing. opened his mind about that community and just everything in general like he yeah like he's a retired law enforcement and everything that was happening with law enforcement he's like that's not okay that guy was murdered that officer needs to be trialed as a murderer so to hear my like older father open his mind it's just like people can change Mm -hmm. they just have to have the desire in them and him like when he he was talking about like yeah landon or layla may who knows you mm -hmm. know or one of his other grandchildren for him to think about them over himself that's amazing people don't do that I, I say this all, I feel like I'm saying it way more often than I used to, but uh, John Cleese, dude from Monty Python, um, he quotes this author who says that uh, stupid people lack the capacity to recognize that they're stupid. And where he was like mocking people, what he's really saying was uh, when you're 
too deep in the trenches of something, you lack the capacity to recognize the situation that you're in. So when certain things arise and that's questioned, it's either an opportunity to continue to put the blinders on or an opportunity to change your mind. So that whole, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is false. Like there's always, always room for growth. Yeah. I mean, you hear about people on their deathbeds, like uh, trying to repent for things that they've done for these past sins, Uh, whether they're believers or non-believers, like there's even up until the last second, there's always an opportunity for change. And so the educational piece should never stop. Yeah. And my dad, my dad lashed out a lot at people because he lives in a small town, closed minded people. And he used to be one of those kind of people. And then one of my favorite stories he tells me is this lady, he was raking the leaves and some lady comes up and he sees a little pin on her shirt. It's a Trump pin. He's like, oh, here we go. And he's ignoring (laughs) her. Hi, sir. Hi, sir. And he goes, yep. And she goes, he goes, I already voted for Biden. Oh, okay. Well, do you want to hear? He goes, nope. He goes, can I ask you a question? my dad's very blunt and aggressive. Yeah. Are you a woman? Well, yeah. And you voted for Trump. Well, yeah. He doesn't care about you. And then my dad, I'm not going to say what he said next, but he's like, <laughs> get off my lawn. And my dad was very much like, I don't understand how any female could have voted for him. He doesn't care about women the way he talks about women, the things he's done. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I know, and it's. I think the ones, the, some of the, the statistics that have been coming out about the, the twenty twenty election have been coming out about how more white women voted for Trump this time around than the, the last. That is bananas. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and but there's also been more gay men that have voted, gay white men that have voted for Trump too this time around. Really? Is it because of like the conservative fiscal economic? You know of what? That's the Republican a, that's Party. That's a really good question, and I wish I had an answer. Yeah. I just found that incredibly interesting. That is very interesting. Well, I mean, I think there are people who um, are are. How do you word this? They're like so. If you voted for him the first time, right? Um, so we're only we're we're learning about people voting like how they voted this time because they're they're more boisterous than they were before mm-hmm. uh, because they feel validated because the person that they voted for won. So statistics now like are showing these these numbers because mm-hmm. the, these people are finally like, oh, yeah, yep, 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 I did it. <laughs> and the thing that we had talked about before the, um, the election happened was um, people think that if they don't vote for him again, they're admitting that they were wrong and it's more important to be on the right side of things in their mind. Um, rather, rather than just, cause like he's not uh, like voting for him the first time it, you wanted change, right? You wanted something different, but learning the information as to how he operates and then voting accordingly after that, that's not a, his actions are not a reflection on you mm-hmm. as a human being. We all took a gamble on whoever we voted for. Their actions after the fact, it's it's not really on us. Like them being a bad person is not on us. And but there are people who think that it is like it's it's an opportunity that that shame factor. Whereas now, like people who voted for Biden are doing this, you know, rubbing rubbing people's face in it Mm -hmm. it's like i just it sucks that it's that way Mm -hmm. and it sucks that the majority of my friends 
were shitting on me for trying to say like not a single Trump supporter ever convinced me to go his way because it was all hate. So if we just continue to do that, we're being exactly mm-hmm. like them and it's not going to help anything. It, it, I just mm-hmm. I get so frustrated. <laughs> no, yeah, and you have you you have every right to be frustrated and I think I think at least, I mean, of course, like all of our social circles are like, I know my Facebook is primarily, you know, independents and Democrats and a lot of liberal political spheres, but uh, progressive stuff. But I think, I think like the initial phase, like we're just, I think I'm from what I'm seeing and like, I think it's my, what did Zach call it? My realistic idealism, maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I think a lot of us are breathing, are just exhaling, and I'm already like we're already starting to plan on to try to make sure that kind of hold Biden accountable that he keeps his cabinets like very diverse and progressive, and he does yes. his climate, you know, helping to you know rejoin the Paris Agreement and all yes, that yes, 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 yes. If anything, I mean, from you know what I've seen and a lot of research has shown that, um, you know, de- Democratic um, Party members are like even with my you know all of our generations you know we're, we're a lot more politically active so i'm really hopeful and yeah, excited to I see what too. that even his economic like people are so diverse in mm-hmm. who they are and they're educated that's another thing too like trump put a lot of his family members in these these different areas where it's like they're not even qualified yeah. it's just nice to hear these people that are qualified mm-hmm. for these roles and are educated on it like yeah. poor dr fauci like he is so educated and such an intelligent man and for him to have been shat on yeah by like it's just awful like he he wants he doesn't want he didn't want the pandemic to get to where it is. Like he was trying so hard and it's just like, and then now all these people on the side hate him and don't know, like, did you educate yourself on Dr. Fauci? I think people found it easy to, to shit on Fauci because he doesn't sound like he's educated. Like he sounds so much like, like he sounds like a typical New Yorker. Mm -hmm. That's what's so funny. It's like, it basically, it sounded like, yeah, so you guys gotta wear your fucking masks. Don't uh go to the deli no more. Like it's the moniker that it's like seems that he has. So I think people were like, mm, I don't know about you. You sound like a like a stereotypical New Yorker landlord. I don't I don't like the things you're saying. And let's yeah. talk about the first <laughs> female vice president. That's another. I bawled that. Like can't talk about him and cry again. But just like the oh, hope for on. my my daughter mm-hmm. or like any female it's like yeah yeah like let's get this diverse like we need mm-hmm. it's good having a male and female in power yeah because then like and i i, I appreciate that biden was really intentional you know picking a you know a black woman yeah. as the vice president yeah um yeah i all i know is that I'm, I'm 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 hopeful i'm willing to put in the work and i'm also be interested in taking a political science course and like the psychology of the 2016 to 2020 period of what that's like because yeah it's it's an anomaly that's for sure i can't believe we lived through that like i think about it too like i was waiting for these last four years to be <laughs> did over did you notice me messing Sorry. with the <laughs> i noticed like yeah the last four years it's like how did i live through the long- i remember being like okay four years four years and then we can hopefully something better will come and now we're here i can't believe it's here speaking of being here uh do you watch Shit's Creek? We do love Shit's Creek. Oh my gosh, I love Shit's Creek. Brighton, I'd like to find out which Shit's Creek mem- uh cast member you are. 
So if let's you, do it. If you don't mind, not at all. You just show them. No, we're not touching. No, no, no. I know it. So I'd like you to pick a wig. Um, bottom center, uh, third row. This one? No, this one. Yeah, the long one. Okay, I'm gonna take a screenshot. <laughs> that way I can post all the things. Okay. You're in an ad, baby. Oh, why did it baby. do that? Oh no no. Yeah, okay, click baby, on baby baby. What's going on with your BuzzFeed? No, oh, you... picky Mariah Carey song. We belong together. Emotions. Hashtag Make sure beautiful. you take a screenshot of it. Okay. One day, one sweet day, obsessed, dream lover, always be my baby, touch my body, or fantasy. Obsessed. Okay. Sorry, Eminem. Did you take a screenshot? I will. <laughs> Do you need the question, too? Yeah. Because oh. then I'll put it in the, the, it'll be right here, it'll float somewhere over around here. Keep your receipts. <laughs> okay. Pick a celebrity you would want to run to run into at a party abroad, David Geffen's yacht. Rihanna, Chris Evans, Selena Gomez, Harry Styles, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Oprah, Keanu Reeves, Tom Hanks, or Dolly Parton. Uh, Chris Evans. Nice. Yeah. I was hoping Taylor was on there. I'm oh, like, same. Me too. I was like waiting for it. I know. I was waiting to see your face and it didn't happen. Okay. So I'm saving that, Chris. Don't worry. Pick a city you would want to jet off to. Ooh. Tokyo, Berlin, Madrid. This is like not pandemic. Let's think that way. Okay. Sure. Madrid, Mexico City, Los Angeles, London, Buenos Aires, Miami, or Vancouver. Let's go with Madrid. Okay. Nice. Okay. My lead. Pick something you would eat at Cafe Tropical. <laughs> Fried chicken, poutine, club sandwich, <laughs> grilled chicken salad, impossible burger, chicken soup, enchiladas, fruit parfait, or pancakes. Impossible burger. Nice. Are you vegan? Uh, no, Zach is vegetarian, so we just oh. we'll make a lot of our meals vegetarian. Nice. You know, those impossible, those are not bad. No, I, I tried to, really uh, like really a, uh, a friend of ours that's vegan, he left these uh, these burgers here, and it's it was like black bean something. I love black bean burgers. It was burgers. so yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick something to buy from the Rose Apothecary. A face cream, a bottle of wine. A store branded tote bag, organic shampoo, a notebook, essential oils, body milk, coffee, or local farmer's cheeses. Uh, Bottle of wine. What is body milk? It's like body cream, basically. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Did you watch? No, I haven't gotten (laughs) through it all, remember? And finally, pick a TV show on Netflix to binge watch. Stranger Things, Dragula, Elite, Cobra Kai... The Great British Bake Off, Emily in Paris, Somebody Feed Phil, Grace and Frankie, or Nailed It. Stranger Things. Nice. Oh, yeah. You got Ted. Yeah. That is, yeah. Oh. You thought you were going to be Ted? Yeah. I've, I've taken, I actually have taken a couple different tests and I've either, I've always have gotten Ted or I've always gotten, no, I've always gotten Ted pretty much. <laughs> Well, it says, Ted, much like Ted, you're someone who always has a positive outlook. You also take great pleasure in slowing down, enjoying the simple things in life. You are Ted. <laughs> How many pairs of scrubs do you own? Um, Five? You're Ted for sure. Yeah, four or five. <laughs> I'm going to do the quiz. 
Yeah. Now you're going to do it? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'd, I'd like to, um, well, first of all, our love of Dan Levy has grown I exponentially. Love, I watch when we were interviews. painting this, um, he was the first guest on Whitney Cummings' podcast, uh, which is called Good For You. It's wonderful. Um, and we listened to to him on there, and then we were like, what can we find that has the longest, what's the longest video we can find of him talking? We just love listening to him talk. Yeah. He's so wonderful. And uh, he and I are very similar in that we love long shirts and like long things. And after watching a few of, well, I don't know, however many episodes I've watched and the interviews that I've watched, I went to Target to buy a black skirt because I just, yeah. I, I want like a, I want to be a Russian grandmother below and a lumberjack up top. Yes. <laughs> But I, I went on my lunch break into the women's section and there's this lady like fixing up things. And I go, excuse me. And she turns around and sees me and her eyes get super wide and she stepped back. I go, are you, are you okay? She goes, what do you want? <laughs> and I was like, ah, there's a skirt on the mannequin. I was wondering if it's where I can find it. Did she but show she you was, it was just so... Oh, she tried to find it for me, but it was out of stock. But she was so taken back as to like, why is this bearded man in the women's section? I got Jocelyn. <laughs> like Jocelyn, you're someone who always looks for the best people. Also, because of your warm nature, you're always the first person your friends turn to whenever they need advice. Oh, accurate. I love that. You I you have like similar. Jocelyn. Jocelyn's the. I know. I'm married to a Roland. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh. I was gonna say your breakdowns <laughs> very similar. All right, so I have to pick a wig. Yeah. What what um destination did you pick? London. London. Yeah. Okay. I've always I wanna go to Europe someday. We really wanna do Ireland. Um Iceland would be great, but I hear it's cheap to get there, but once you're there it's like super Yeah, spendy. Iceland is the most one of the top, top I think top three most expensive countries yeah. in Europe. But um, I know people are talking like now rates are so cheap to fly anywhere, but it's like I'm not going to fly across the country and not be able to like fully enjoy things like and plus like I'm not going to an airport right now. No offense. I'll stay home and go to Target and go to work. I do. I do notice the difference between Walmart and Target because there have been a couple times I've had to go to Walmart to get some things that Target doesn't have. And it's like nobody wearing masks. And this was after like the whole thing with my mom. And I just wanted to scream at people, be like, my 50 year old mom is so sick from COVID. You should be wearing a mask like to protect yourself because you don't know how it's going to affect you. But then I'm like, (laughs) you're not that kind of person. I live sometimes in my head. I live in like a TV era where I'm like I can see myself like and then I'm, I'm like walking like mm-hmm. nope I didn't do that yeah I did who'd I, you get Roland you got Stevie oh hey, I, can I like Stevie see, too I like that you sometimes Stevie you can come across a little cynical but deep oh, down yeah. you're a warm-hearted person who's always there to support your friends and family I mean yes and no okay hey yeah, I like it I like Stevie too I like that show I'm like, why do people like this show? I'm just going to give it a try. And I was like, I love how 
they are so incredibly rich and they get everything taken away, but they still make it so relatable. Mm -hmm. Like I'm never going to be that rich and I'm never going to have to maybe not end up living like that, but they make your, like the character so relatable. And like, we watched a lot of like that round table stuff and I bawled the entire time. Like, I guess I didn't like, I maybe because the way my mind already thinks about the queer community where I'm like, I'm so welcoming with everybody but to see it played out in a TV show, like I forget, like I've watched so many shows where they have those type of characters where it's always like this big conflict, like, oh my gosh, my parents, this yeah. and that. And for it to just be so normalized, I was like, I didn't even think about that. And it's just like, yes. And yeah. like talking, like listening to Dan Levy talk about he, how great would it be to live in a world like that? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. Every time I listen to him talk about it, I just bawl because it's like, yes, like this is the world I want to live in in my head. That's the world I live in because that's how our house is. Like my children, like Landon asked a lot of questions when the election was coming. Sure. And I just I don't push my beliefs on my children. I want them to form their own thoughts, but they're very obviously they're going to have a lot more of what we are. And Landon asked a lot of questions like, why do you vote the way you do? And we talked about women. And we talked about the LGBTQ community and like we, mom and dad have a lot of friends in that community and we love them and we want them to have equal rights. And in Landon's mind, like, why don't they like he does at 11, he only knows that they should have rights. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you know, like the people we're talking about and he'll name people. And I'm like, even like transgender. And he even knows like one of our friends is transgender. And like, I don't, I didn't know he knew that. And it doesn't even face him. Yeah. He doesn't think twice about any of it. Yeah. Where it makes me like so proud that these are my children where they welcome these people who are married to the same gender and they don't think anything of it. Like that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So uh, our third mic on our show, Dude Absolutely, is is transgender. Um, I've known her for a really long time. And yeah. The kids have never asked a single question about her. Yeah. They yeah, just I think it's pretty magical. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I think that's why I love Shit's Creek so much because that's the world we need to live in. Yeah. Where there's no these big conflicts. It's just like, let's just live together. Let's just support everybody and be happy. And yeah, listening to him talk about And then obviously every time um, he cries, I just start bawling because mm-hmm. I'm like, he's just such an amazing person. Do you know? That you changed someone's stance, like you—you you literally changed you as my, a person. my younger brother's life. I think he actually reached out to me on Facebook, and I've been—I've been not good about che- checking my Facebook messages. Josh, yeah. yeah, really, yeah, yeah. So he's Mormon, and at the time that uh, you know marriage equality was up for voting. He had a pretty hard stance on where he was at because of the church. Sure. And um, he's and I remember like I was trying to convince him otherwise. And that's why I had him come over when we did that shoot with oh, you and your yes, friends. Yes. And oh, he, I did not know that. Yeah. So when when that happened and when he was there with you, like he just he loved your presence so much. You're going to make me cry. And <laughs> so, yeah, it changed from then on he was like i can't understand why bryden shouldn't be able to love the person that he or uh, marry the person that he chooses wow. and it was so yeah his entire stance on the queer community is completely changed 
which is incredible because it goes against a very like strong belief that he has. I find that, I mean, I just find that so powerful and interesting just because like we didn't like have any like intimate like super because he saw that you were a person yeah i find that i think because we live in such a small community and especially the churches there's their stance on things so you grow up in this small community small stance you're not exposed to a lot of people in that community and then to see like oh you're just a regular person and i think that's big wow well, I appreciate because I remember we would you. fight with him. Like we got in screaming matches oh, with him no. because it was just not like, just him. Like it, there was a family. big rift in our in, family. Okay, because like we were listening, they do like church on the couch or whatever it was, and this is when it was big. The Proposition Eight because the church donated millions and millions and millions of dollars get for Prop Eight. Okay, you know, and um, we were listening to this guy talk, and me and Chris were in the kitchen, and we could just hear him saying like, "Nope, it's against the church and all that." And me and Chris were like. Chris like got well okay so what happened was I heard him say one thing and I just went <laughs> and that's it that's all I did and my younger brother heard that and they so they were on pins and needles already. because they know our views and all and that, so yeah. uh he ran downstairs and apparently told my brother and and sister-in-law and and they we're like, we should feel safe here and not persecuted. And I was like, you, you can't, I hate you are, we, <laughs> we, we, we've created this weird thing where if you are intolerant of intolerance, you for some reason are just as bad as them, but that's bullshit. When it comes to human rights, I don't care. They're like, to me, it's an objective truth that you're wrong. And you feelings are completely aside. It doesn't fucking matter. I will never yield to this whole in, being intolerant of intolerance. It's bullshit. Should it, like it's an oxymoron. Like mm-hmm. what you're really saying is like, oh man, fuck you for fighting for rights. Like no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. So all I did was laugh. Family freaks out. Huge screaming match. And oh, uh, and so they left because of all I did was snicker wow. at this one thing. And uh, things cooled off. They came back, and my my brother was like, uh, he apologized for you know everybody overreacting, and and he was like, and and was like, do you have something you want to say? And I was like, I'm not apologizing. Absolutely not. For one, I didn't say anything. Two. That speech that I just gave you, the intolerant of the intolerance is bullshit. It's you can't conflate the two. And so so he had that's how strong Josh's feelings were. Right. And then just you being you. And that's all it takes is like having one example in someone's life of just they're just a normal human being. And I feel like people think that there's some type of agenda or like you're conceding to something by by admitting that someone's just normal they're just normal human beings and it it creates conflicts where there don't need to be conflicts it's fucking wild little do viewers know that if you look at me for a long duration of time you do become gay (laughs) (laughs) hashtag the gay agenda dude 
so the so our our third mic, her name's Mara. Uh, she she has this this bit, uh, which is so funny. She's like incredibly good at dry humor and like deadpan. Uh, so she started writing jokes because I'm a comic and the other comic, it's like that's what the show is basically. We we test out jokes and things like that. Um, so she started to test out jokes, and uh, she was like, um, "I'm starting to tell people that." Uh, the gay agenda, it's real. Yeah. And so she goes, you remember those frogs? Yeah, we did that. We turned them gay. <laughs> have you have you heard that, the gay frog thing? No. So, so there's this guy, Alex Jones, who's out of his mind. Uh, he was, he <laughs> was on the news and was screaming, they're turning the frogs gay. Oh. And it's this really hilarious oh outburst. So out of all like, the animals, frogs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why frogs? They're what? not even that cute. Yeah, yeah. But then she talks about um, going back to... Uh, do you ever see Ace Ventura? Oh, Nature Calls? The the old one. Like uh, the very Pet first detective? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the villain was transgender. And that was oh, like... I remember that. So yeah. that was supposed to be like this big thing. So like he makes out with her at one point, Jim Carrey, and uh, freaks out when he finds out that she's transgender Mm -hmm. and uh because it's like oh she tricked me and you know this like really awful thing like looking back on it Mm now um so she's like another part of the gauge and is we're going back and fixing old movies like that and so you go back and jim carrey's character goes oh well good for her i'm gonna make sure that she spends the rest of her life in a women's penitentiary like it's just fantastic i love shit like that <laughs> that's amazing i mean on a, on a very just i think it's i still think it's just incredible that josh felt that way because really i mean i mean people don't know like we didn't like just sit and have a like a heart to heart about anything like we yeah. i think we maybe we, we we shared a conversation a couple of handful of times during this shoot so i find that i just find that so unreal and beautiful that don't make me cry again, man. <laughs> it's like I didn't do, like I didn't do anything. Like I just was like there, and we worked on this cool project together. And you know, he, you know, he was there, and we maybe shared, exchanged a few words. And I didn't know that's like that was a one like a reason why he was there and and such. I think that's cool that he was even willing to open know. his mind. Yeah, he? yeah. Well, it wasn't even that. So he was kind of getting into photography. So I just did that's it under the guise right. of that. That's right. I was like, all right, so this is what we do. <laughs> And, um, but in the midst of that, like my agenda, so I had a gay agenda. (laughs) 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 Um, which is so funny because like, oh, I tricked you into realizing that they're normal people. (laughs) Like it's, yeah. But it just shows like people can open their minds and mm -hmm. change. Like my dad, Josh, like those like people that had strong beliefs just being like, yeah, okay. Well, and even, okay, so like I'm insanely liberal, right? But even I have room to grow. Mm-hmm. Like there, like I viewed myself as an ally and all these things. And I've said it on here before, but because it's on the SoundCloud episode, I'm going to say it again because not everybody can see that. Um, but it was um, when you were, when you were modeling and we were a part of this group, these wonderfully friendly artists and all these amazing people and there was this guy like i i will do a lot of like um i still don't know what it's called but like um i think now i'm learning that it's uh 
it's playing on gay panic, which is so I will will pretend to be gay and like do these jokey oh, like sure. you know like oh let me slap your penis like sure. weird weird shit like that right and it's playing on the assumption that the other person is homophobic or you know un uh, secure in their sexuality and so I still am like learning in that process this is like I didn't know that that's what I was doing was playing up this whole, whole like everybody's homophobic type of bullshit. So I'm doing that with this guy. Like, Oh man, you're like, he had said something nice. And I was like, Oh man, I'm going to have to suck your dick now. I can't believe you're so sweet. And, and then you had said something which was so minor compared to what I was saying, which was disgusting. You just said, Oh, you're so cute. But, oh. <laughs> and I went, Hey man, just so you know, like if a girl said this to me, da, 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 and you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, well, you said this. And and so we were like, I was trying to explain this weird stance that I had. God, that was like a lifetime ago. I know. It's so weird. But like, so even though I'm super liberal ally, yada, 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 you just went, you said this to him. I'm a guy. I'm one of the guys my thing shouldn't mean that I'm secretly out to fuck all of you guys. And so it was this really big moment for me, even though I'm super liberal and all this shit, like there's always room for growth and like assuming that people know your intention is, is not going to um, improve anything. Like it's not, it doesn't make you safe either. Like you're still, everybody is still capable of saying some, some shit that, they shouldn't have and and there's room to improve on on how you treat others yeah yeah i mean it it, it is a learning i mean it's always a learning opportunity you know especially for me too and i know within um rehab like you know i work with a lot of autistic kiddos and some i'm starting to follow you know autistic neurodevelopmental psychologists and a lot of autistic self-advocates are getting more um more of a platform to share how they feel because even within occupational therapy within speech pathology there's inherent ableisms that we need to challenge like um i know what's what's an example like with speech there's been a bigger conversation about like how at one point do we continue to address stuttering because mm-hmm. that you you know they were you know they were born with a speech difference it's just our society was not made to accommodate someone with a stutter and we're trying to make someone sound more like a you know um, like a typical speech um, that makes oh, any sense. And, yes. um, and even with like autism, a lot of, I know when I was taught in school, I was taught to identify somebody, you know, person first, like person with autism. And the more I was having, you know, having conversations and just listening more to autistic self-advocates, they were sharing about how actually that terminology was created by neurotypical people because they, they, they viewed autism as, a big challenge so they wanted to make sure that people remembered oh but they're a person first whereas a lot of them like autism is beautiful it's like it's you it's it's an inherent part of how they view and see everything in the world yeah. so they find it as it's it's a it's a it's a neurological difference and they're proud of it kind of like queer you know like i don't say i'm a person who is you know gay oftentimes like i'll, I'll say i'm queer i'm a queer person and I'm not a person who just so happens to be gay. Like it's it's a part of my identity, and I'm proud of it. And mm-hmm. can um, I ask what is the difference between gay and queer? Um, that that's a really good question. I 
I think from, and I'm totally not going to speak for everybody from the queer community, just from like what I've like I've been listening to and been following on a lot of fantastic advocates. I've been learning so much. There's, um, it's been incredible. But for my understanding is gay is often viewed as like the white straight man mm. in like culture. And then queer is a very, it's a very encompassing universe. Okay. Queer from, cause we're, it's also a fun way of like, we're trying to take back the word. Cause you mm-hmm. know, queer used to be the yes. derogatory term. Yep. And people are trying to take that, take back that work and, you know, get more power from it now. And it's more, it's more of like a really simple umbrella for the universe of being non-heterosexual basically. Um, and to make sure that everybody's encompassed within that. Cause like yeah. That. yeah, oftentimes, yeah, our culture uses gay as like straight and a straight, um, white men. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. We, uh, we have a, a gay comic friend who uses the F word all the time. Sure. And it's hilarious. That's amazing. It still makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm like, if, I mean, he's trying to take the word back. If yes. So if, I'm like, I'm still like flinch but i'm like okay but he's he's really trying to like yeah what, i get it yes exactly what hearing you hearing queer doesn't make me flinch like it did like growing up you would hear people say that word and you're like and yeah. but now hearing it i'm like no that's yeah so the one way that um zach and i have been able to really i think love fag more is you know have you heard of todrick hall uh, that sounds familiar very 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 famous um black queer advocate he is amazing he has an album out and what's really interesting is that it's called house party and in the background there's a pink triangle yeah 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 because that's the same exact symbol that the nazis put on homosexuals in world war ii so he's trying to like take back that and be proud of it he has a song called fag and i know some of the lyrics are like you know you call me fag but i'm the one with the bag you call me bitch now look who's famous and rich you threw your stones and now you're begging for loans you threw your sticks, now you're riding my dick. Like, yeah, I'm a fag and I'm fucking proud of it. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's really, really cool. It's really fun, too. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. what we have not addressed yet? What's that? Brighton's engaged. Oh, <laughs> my God. You are absolutely right. There's so many. <laughs> that ring on your, I keep looking at it like, okay. It's so heavy. I can't type or write <laughs> oh or do gosh. anything. <laughs> How am I going to hold my doctor hand up? It's so doctor heavy. Hand. There, are, there are so many amazing things about you that oh, I... God. I know this sounds stupid, but like I it's kind you, you, I just, I appreciate so much about you that like, there's so many avenues. Like I've been trying to keep in my head, um, th- like four or five different things, photography, uh, the engagement. Um, and then there's a clip that I want to send you about the, the autism thing. Cause there's oh, cool. a TV show, um, that just got picked up and, Instead of picking neurotypical actors to play autistic individuals, music by Sia. Oh no no no, that's not the thing I'm talking oh. about. This is totally different. The thing with Sia, I feel like that's not necessarily fair because she doesn't really. She's not really in that world. So like, I get why people are upset, mm-hmm. but it, you're also assuming that like she's been a. Uh, like a movie producer and showrunner for years and she hasn't been so she doesn't know all the avenues that you can go to to find anyways there's this clip uh this guy has a podcast called take your shoes off and he has autism he um i know they don't call it asperger's anymore but that's what he says um and he talks about how 
they um they had people go to um what did he call it It, it's basically like an uh an autistic uh acting class okay so like it's specifically for people with autism so to get the direction that they need without having a sensory overload cool Mm. this really safe space and it's so super interesting because he started crying but like didn't recognize the emotion and was like i I know that i'm crying right now but I'm, i'm not entirely sure why and like he so he's getting like choked up at like how simple it was because nobody babied them. Mm-hmm. Nobody was like, okay, has, are you okay? Do you need me to get you some goldfish? Or like mm-hmm. no weird shit like that. Like it was just created so well yeah. that they were able to operate in the way that like best fit for this show. And like, so it's That's really absolutely cool. incredible. That is- now back to the engagement. Talk about that rock, Kim Duke. <laughs> Talk about that. I just wanted to bring it up. I forgot. <laughs> That's I like so kind of you. <laughs> You're engaged. I How did am. that all go down? I am. Gosh, you guys would love Zach. I know. I know. He's, he's, such, a, he's such a cool. Once cool things human. lighten up and yeah, yeah. Well, we'll re- come to your place. How long have you guys place? been dating? God, we are going on now. We're, we're beginning our fourth year. Wow. Okay. I know, which is nuts. Because I remember. By. When you were when you were on the first time, which is like two years ago now, I think so. Yeah, um, you were talking about how awesome he was, um, but you, you were still kind of you like you trepid- weren't living together quite yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. nope. But no. you were you were ready for it. Oh, oh yeah. When I when I when I ran when I first met him at the coffee shop, I was like, yeah, I I'm already like you're yeah, in. Yes, I'm in. Yeah. Hashtag Endgame. You Hashtag were, Endgame. Oh you my were God. a smitten kitten. That's a great store too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a great place. They provide a really a lot of great edu- um, sex education for people with disabilities. I always, I actually refer when I used to work with adults. I used to always refer to people with spinal cord injuries and wow. stuff there because they had really great tools. And sorry, another button. Wait, smitten kitten is a place. <gasps> yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't oh know my gosh. That yeah, smitten kitten is like a. It's it's like, it's a like a sex shop in minneapolis but they have they have educate like books about like queer sex like safe sex for if you have like a spinal cord injury i mean they also have like classes really too. it's pre- i mean pre-covid yeah. at least but yeah yeah fantastic it's like an ed- it's like a sex education shop that's actually really interesting because i have a, a disc injury and, yeah and yeah a lot of times it we like we it's funny because we joke about a sex swing but like ergonomically oh my gosh please bleep this out relax no, don't <laughs> because it, like what it sounds stupid but like oh it's gonna I, make things a lot easier i'm sure yeah like there are painful things like i don't i, I, I so don't i don't you want... would be in the swing <laughs> exactly <Is> that... yes <laughs> but like i'm sorry it, Kim. It's, it's so funny because like so when good. i was going through like the worst of yeah. my shit um i was telling doctors like I have three basic things that I want to be able to do. I want to be able to uh, walk and and play with my kids. Yep. Um, I'd like to be able to have sex with my wife right. because you know, and um, I'd like to just not be in pain. Yeah. The, like that was it. I didn't want to be able to like Run skating or yeah. snowboard or anything like that. Like just very plain things. And like 
sex with your partner like is a huge thing. It's a fundamental relationship thing. But no, I mean, there's a lot of people that are asexual. But if that's something that's important for a relationship, yeah, it's a yeah. huge change. Yeah. Well, even like people who are asexual, like the, um, because we have a, a friend who's asexual and she realized like really i just want that that um emotional connection yeah. so even if it's not physical there's right. still that romantic intimacy. element yes intimacy there we go yeah, totally yeah so i mean i i that's that's on me it has nothing to do with like no, i know you know what i mean so like if anybody should be embarrassed <laughs> it's me for being an old man and how is your back now it's better um, I've been slacking on my, uh, we've both been slacking on our exercise. Once yeah, we put the house up for sale, <laughs> it was just like all that stress and making sure my house is like tip top condition, like constantly Sure. and like worried, like getting, and then obviously with kids and the pandemic and school and all that, it's like my exercising, I was exercising every single day for That's like impressive. a year and then it was like since probably what august yeah and so i'm like all right when i when i was in treatment i got started on exercise he was exercising every day when he was in treatment and got super beefy yeah i was fucking jacked dude (laughs) (laughs) but it's easy to fall into bad habits especially like i'm just gonna eat why exercise Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but also big thing with health is taking care of your body that will help you stay healthier Mm -hmm. mental health wise it's better for your mental health for your recovery. Yeah. Well, and I know I wasn't working too, so it was easier to to like set aside two hours to yeah. Yeah. to do all the shit that I needed to do. But it's all excuses. Like I, I, I could know. I could take, you know, I could have less ADD when I'm editing this fucking podcast and uh, just set aside time to do what needs to be done. I also wanted to ask, because do you, do you still do, I'm trying to remember if we've talked about this last time, do you still do some photography like for fun yeah. and such? Okay, cool. Family. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I just did a, a wedding. Uh, when was that? Oh, fantastic. August or July in was exchange for Far tattoos. Ago? Yeah. Maybe. Oh no, it was in October. Yeah, it was October. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's weird. Like the muscle memory came right back and I was able to, to knock it all out. Yeah, man. It, well, and I've gotten into design too. So like I oh, use Photoshop for a lot of very things. Very cool. And I started to learn. So yeah, like I'm my version of drawing because ironically I don't have a very steady hand, which is like weird that I'm in photography. But <laughs> um, so because I don't really have a steady hand, but I still have like vision, I am able to he still wants to be able to create stuff that creativity is very important to him so having some outlet like when um open you know obviously comedy got taken away because the pandemic and all that still having that outlet for your creativity because it's a big coping skill that you need to even to stay sober is to have some type of outlet so finding that because podcasting like died down quite a bit too we weren't doing it as often yeah um and then just still having that type of outlet you need. That raises a good point. So so your degree is in what? Um occupational therapy. Okay. And you're you're doing more study though on on the brain? No, I mean it's 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 confusing, definitely. Okay. Um so yeah, I have my masters in occupational therapy and Woo-hoo. that's <laughs> thanks <laughs> and that you and to be a practicing occupational therapist now you can have your masters. But there's another, but you can also get a doctorate. And so I just started off with my master's because um, at that point I wasn't sure if I wanted to get a clinical doctorate. But 
I've been in the field, I think, for, gosh, two years now. Still a baby. And I love learning. Um, the more I'm helping out with the lab courses at the in, at the programs at St. Catherine University in St. Paul, I'm just like, gosh, in the future, I know I want to teach as a faculty member. Yeah. So it's a good, and even so, maybe if you don't do it right away, it's a good like retirement yeah. kind of job. But I mean, but, so are you interested in the neurological stuff? Um, so in OT, we don't we don't focus as much on like the brain, if anything. I'm lot- saying you personally. Oh yes, I think for me a huge a huge thing I'm trying to advocate for within OT, and not even just OT, but just rehab in general, is mm-hmm. focusing on someone's strengths and rec- and like appreciating their differences because oftentimes like when people hear someone's autistic they're like oh what is he they, they he must have really bad behaviors or he is has he has really restricted interests and instead of like and turning that into like a strength like we all have our interests like i game hardcore like all the time um and just really coming at it from a like a strength-based and accepting position because mm-hmm. what's the word oh yeah from like a like a social model of disability. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like our, our environment, our teaching, our everything is, they're not made for people with disabilities. And we need to change that instead of trying to change the person at the Instead of throwing them level. on IEPs all the time. Like how yes. can we make the classroom more accepting no, for all these exactly. people instead of putting them, like they already feel outcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, and then now you're really making them outcasts because, mm-hmm. and IEPs are great. I'm not downing on them. Like we need them now, but how, yeah. How can we make the classrooms accepting for everybody mm-hmm. yeah and i've and like one thing too especially for autistic kiddos um they're the way that their brains are formed that if you if you even if they can um speak full sentences auditory instructions sometimes oftentimes will go in one ear not the other they um they just they don't register it as mm-hmm. easily and as well and so like if they're upset i mean your your language i mean this is for even for neurotypical people when you're upset your your cognitive your cognitive functioning your control everything hella decreases mm-hmm. right when you're at your most upset yeah and so the way even with we teach like we need to teach differently so like i'm trying to advocate for more like visual learning instructions mm-hmm. so because a lot of a lot of kids it's a relative strength visual learning is yeah essentially yeah. and so like structuring our work tasks to be have visual instructions like showing pictures of what we should try to be working towards instead of just saying um, cut this out. Write a sentence because that just will oftentimes. Yeah, yeah. So. Over yeah. the over the last maybe year, year and a half, I've I've wondered if I'm somewhere on the spectrum because there are things that like I lack in, and it feels like um, there's like a literal empty room sometimes when I'm searching for a thing. And it just like drops off like in conversation, like over the last six months, it's been super apparent as to like when I try to find a word for something or explain a stance that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just things that I just don't. I can't not not that I don't understand. Like it feels like I just can't mm-hmm. grasp it. Yeah, it's, I it's and it's one of those things where it's like uh, a friend of ours has a joke where like. Uh, the only thing keeping me from having diabetes is going to the doctor and having him diagnose me with diabetes. Like it's a, like one of those things where it's like you get scared of of even looking into it mm-hmm. because I already have so many other mental health mm-hmm. issues that it's like I don't know if I can handle well, one more. Well, I fucking think there's thing. still a stigma. I mean, there's obviously mm-hmm. a stigma against a lot of mental health disorders, but I think autism has such a big stigma against it still. And I think it's like over the time we've learned a lot about it, even like in my role, learning more about it because yeah. 
I mean, we see a lot of kids that come in with behaviors and oftentimes they are somewhere, you know, they're autistic and it's like trying to cater to their needs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were probably like a lot of times they'll maybe come from school with police because they ha- yeah. acted out in school and it's because they were so overstimulated. Mm-hmm. It's like we need like they, yeah, schools are trying to do better. You know, they have sensory rooms yeah. and stuff like that, but I do agree like making, yeah. Yeah, there just needs to be more education. Mm-hmm. I feel like even like just learning over such a period of time. Yeah, well, there's a lot of great Facebook groups for people that um, self-diagnosis is a really cool thing because actually the autistic community themselves welcome like self-diagnosis, self-diagnosis of autism. So there's even groups on online where you can kind of go in and have conversations and they 100% respect that. Like it's a wow. pretty cool thing to witness and be an ally of that's really interesting yeah yeah i mean and i think the other trepidation is like when yeah when i like i got uh told that i have astigmatism which is super fucking common a lot of people have it but i i like had tears in my eyes like things have so much gravity with me yeah um I'm one of those people where I'm like, eh, it's not going to define who I am. But I've also, that's how I've been for a long time where, but you do like, once you get a diagnosis, you almost, it overtakes you and you feel like it defines you when you don't need to let that diagnosis define you. You define that. Well, it feels like that thing takes away from me. Oh. You know what okay. I mean? It feels yeah. like an actual thing goes, oh, hey, it's like having a, a, a class schedule right at the beginning of the year when you're like, okay. I've got period one with, you know, science, math. Mm -hmm. And so like, it feels like another thing gets added onto the schedule and you're like, I already have so many fucking classes that I'm in. Like, but I feel like it's nice having an answer for sure. Like being like, and that started to change. Like if I, if I hadn't gone through treatment and learned what I have learned about the brain, they would continue to be these emotional things rather than objective things. So it's definitely something that I want to look into more, but like with the hypomania, um, massive depression, anxiety, like Mm -hmm. all of these things, I look at like the objective reason as to why they're happening and what the answers could be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I find out that I'm on the spectrum to whatever degree, like it really doesn't change anything, but it does allow me to there's always, I feel like I'm missing one thing. Mm -hmm. So with my addiction, like when I learned about, uh, like, do you know what the midbrain is? Um, like the, the mid, like the part of your brain, that's the midbrain. Little bits of it, but not too much. So it's, it's your, your passive instincts, like breathing, uh, going to the bathroom. Like there's passive things that your, your body just knows that it needs to do. Blinking is one of them. Um, your heart beating, like just passive. You don't, you don't actively go, okay, heart, you need to start beating now. So that's what midbrain takes care of shit like that. Um, the limbic system is like the decision-making stuff. Yeah. So it's like, uh, so midbrain says we're hungry. Mm-hmm. Limbic system says, all right, what are we going to do about the hunger? We could go here. We could eat this. Da, da, da. Then the prefrontal cortex says, okay, let's do the thing. So now we're going to drive to Arby's and go mm-hmm. get whatever. So like when I learned that... Um, addiction like messing with your dopamine levels um, it literally because your brain had to introduce a reward system to survive like water 
like your your brain had to be like, okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna get a little dopamine kick when we have water because we need that and we need mm-hmm. to make sure that the body like associates it with a positive thing. So uh, yeah, substance doubles the dopamine rush, and so your midbrain has no idea that it's not an actual survival thing. Yeah. So your brain just gets rewired to think that it is a survival thing because on a base passive level, your midbrain is like, we know the dopamine mm-hmm. means we're surviving. So yeah. keep doing the fucking thing. So when I learned that, it was like, your brain doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Like it's such a objective thing to be like, Oh, so like when people say like, I don't know why I even reached for the bottle. Like I, I didn't want to get drunk. I didn't want to do this. It's like, it's at a certain point, it's not up to you anymore. So like, you have to learn that like your, your brain doesn't necessarily, Mm -hmm. uh, have a moral compass. Yeah. And so I think that's the one thing too. I really applaud you both on is how you've used this podcast to not only like really provide a vulnerable, intimate experience of your journey, Chris, but also allowing like your family to be a part of that and share that. Cause I think that's an incredibly unique and a very, for a lot of people I'm sure is kind of their kind of way of being able to like not only exhale, but also hear about their journey themselves. Cause there's not resources Mm -hmm. like this out there. So I think that's really incredible. Well, and like no one that when I learned that, that was a uh, that was his turning a, a, point. Like one cool. percent of what they teach you when you're in treatment, they associate feelings with all of these things, which I think is a huge mistake because um, there's so much shame associated, or so much more shame that can be piled on if you relapse. When you have feelings and all of these things that are attached to this, rather than these objective truths. Um, you're going to feel twice as bad. And so that's why they say like when people relapse, it's usually 10 times worse than when they were in addiction Mm -hmm. in the first place. It's usually really fucking bad. Um, That's why I like people when they say like uh, they uh, relapse, they went on a bender. Like they didn't just relapse. They just went full full off the rails Um, is because you, so they teach you to have a higher power. So now you've let your higher power down you've let your family down. If you have a belief system, you let God down, like all of these things. And it's like, Oh my God, of course you're going right, to like, go completely uh, nuts. Um, like I'm the only one out of the group of people that I was in treatment with that has not relapsed, which is awful. And I think it's because they, they, they try to put these emotions onto all of these things mm-hmm. when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Gosh, thanks for sharing. I did. I I didn't know like a lot of like even the, the terminology. I had no idea like that's what Bender meant, and it's always it's just it's it's such always such a great, I think, heartfelt learning opportunity for everybody who listens. I always learn so much. Well, and you you're a big part of of people's learning experience, I think, as well. Because when you shared our stuff, it wasn't you didn't just share that. You said give me some links so that I can make mm-hmm. sure that people have resources. And it's something that I lack in doing, but I'm trying to do better at it. But like, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things, but I think that that brain function thing is fucking huge. Anyways, back to your relationship with Zach. I love our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. No, I appreciate, always appreciate you 
being vulnerable and sharing that stuff. Well, yeah, I'm. I I think that the things that I've gone through, I always want them to like. In any time when people like, I'm a a, a tryhard. Like, it seems like I'm I'm really invested in trying really fucking hard, but it's because once we get past this one threshold, then all you're gonna see is what I really want is how can I be of service? How can what I've been through help you? Not in the sense of like, I am like amazing and have all these things like, no, no, no. I got really fucking lucky. I'm insanely lucky that I have this home, this family, the, the, the grace that Kim allows me to have. Like I'm unbelievably lucky to have those things. Not everyone has this. If I didn't have the support system that I have, I probably would have relapsed by now. And I mean, so all of these things are just just a way use me use me in the sense that like I'm lucky enough to be able to function now how did I get there what can what of that experience can you now use to be applied and it applies to people who are not addicts too like non-addicts have talked to us about how like certain aspects of what we've been through has made them reassess kind of how they function in the world. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, we're not, I mean, look at me. I'm wearing athletic wear and sweatpants and Crocs. <laughs> My God. <laughs> at least you wear black socks with your Crocs. Yeah. Oh, very true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing koala socks. I so. love them. Your socks are very koalified. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but anyways, okay. <sighs> Gosh, you got a breath. Wait, can I pee real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I under? Am I correct in understanding that you're gay? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Gay as heck, actually. Oh, oh that's the that's best right. episode. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I knew going into this, like, I want, I want this to be able to be shared. So I didn't. I'm intentionally not being super gross. Like the first time you're on. Did a bunch of gross stuff. You did. I did a bunch of gross stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but this time, I was like, "No, we're keeping." If Why Ellen can't to... watch it, then oh I don't want to do it. <laughs> Why you gotta be gross? By the way, how did you react when you heard about Ellen's debauchery? Um, I'm. No, yeah. com- you can say no comment. No, I'm. I don't know. I, I, I am also. I'm in the camp that Ellen could have done more. Um. I think I'm I'm wondering if someone at that status of having a show like she was nearing like retirement with from the show anyway with like she was I'm she was talking about possibly retiring mm. from the Ellen show but when you're I think from what my understanding was especially from like her you know her explanation is that she was very separate from the show like from all the hard like she literally shows up they give her like the things that they're going to be talking about. And then she leaves, like she does nothing behind the scenes. So the hard part is, is like, yeah, like you, you are the show and you, you're, you're not a part of like the production. You're not a part of any of that behind the scenes stuff. So you are, unfortunately you're attached to that because that is your show. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of calls of even sexism and racism within the show for a quite a long time. And she's never done anything to address it yeah if yeah. anything she'll put a band-aid on it so i think this was a wake-up call that need to do better about that yeah absolutely okay. um yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So now, who proposed to who? Zach was very passionate about doing the proposing. We actually talked about this like a year and a half ago. We were watching a film, and we both were pretty buzzed, I think, at that point, too. And it was like 1130 <laughs> at night, and he just immediately paused the film. He looked over and was like, can we talk about wedding stuff? And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> It's like, dude, it's like 1130. We both have had a couple of drinks. Like, are you sure? And then, because in my mind, I just I just assumed that we would leave it up to someone to end, because someone will just do it first. Is what's, that's, okay. what, that's, that's what my so brain funny. was. I imagined it being a race. That's kind of what it was to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> once I think of a couple of really good ideas, then I can even think about the timeline and all of that. But then, no, Zach was like, you know, it's it's if it's okay with you, like, it's really important for me that I do the proposing. And I'm like, okay, if it's something that you're passionate about, like, I'm, I mean, I'm indifferent to whoever does it. So if you're more passionate about it, great. But then, you know, that was like a year and a half, a year and a half, about I think two years ago. And we both have already started talking about like, we're planning on eloping in June. <gasps> oh yeah. I haven't talked to you. I haven't told you that. Um, <laughs> shit. And so, um, you know, we've been talking about that for like last like five, six months. So I'm like, but I'm also like looking at my watch or my clock and I'm just like kind of running out of time. I kind of want to be a fiance for a little bit. Like we have less than a year now. And so whenever that we had like, you know, a family gathering, you know, or, or like a celebration or like a birthday, I'm always like looking at his pockets. You get like super dressed up. You're yeah. like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. We, on our uh, third thir- three-year anniversary, every year anniversary, we go to Moscow on the Hill in St. Paul. Okay. okay. Beautiful Russian restaurant. Really great food. That's where Zach asked me to be his boyfriend. And cute part, it's like, it's like I think it's called like Cathedral Hill. Like they have cobblestone streets and oh, stuff. Okay. It's a really cute part of St. Paul. But it was very intimate. It was just, you know, him and I, he, it, we just were talking about how grateful we were for each other and, um, it was, you know, then he asked me to be his, you know, partner, his husband, life partner and husband. And I think if you would ask me like five years ago, like, yeah, I want the big Hallmark film, like big engagement, like shocking, whatever. But I actually, I really loved how warm and intimate, how very us it was, because that's what our, our elopement is yeah. planning on kind of being anyway. And it, it felt very us, which I appreciated. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was interesting to see, like, you were so loud before. Mm-hmm. And then when Zach came in, you learned to like have have reservations, mm-hmm. and you know I think that's really important in relationships. And um, obviously, I'm a fucking open book and blab all of the shit. But like, I, I love when oh I know what I can compare it to. Uh, Kim and I do not poop with the door open. Mm-mm. It's a no no. It's one thing that we refuse. We've been together. It'll be 15 years tomorrow. We've been in a relationship with oh, each other. God, that's amazing. And it's like pooping. Is, that's like a, oh, yeah. we'll never we do that. Never with the door open. Never with the same person. Like there have been times where Chris has had to come in when I was in the shower, but like right. I tune it out. Like it's right. not, And that's like. Those are emergencies. Right. Emergencies maybe once or twice. Yeah. But like pooping is like off limits. Yeah. No, that's valid. I can, like it took us probably. I think we, we were going on into our second year and we were finally like, I think able to like, just like let us like leave the open when we go pee even. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. something yeah. like that. And once we just did it once, we're like, wait, why are we even making this new thing? You know? So it's, it's really funny. But yeah. So like that, the only reason I compare it to that is like 
everybody doesn't have to know every single intricate detail mm-hmm. of a relationship. Yeah. And I've noticed that about you is mm-hmm. like you are able to have it's nice to know that this is just for us mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, I loved that and I really appreciated that. And I always like to compare Zach to like I'm I'm like a kite always like flying around in the sky, always just like loud idealistic like none of it's even some of it's not even realistic but zach is always like just like the one kind of holding onto the guy <laughs> making sure that i stay grounded sometimes because he's very he's very chill he is very uh, yeah like I, I love the aspects where we're both very different because it's it's pretty amazing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome well so very beautiful um congratulations thanks very excited we're pumped. For you guys. hell yeah are you have you hit 30 yet no, Zach did this year. Oh, uh, he thinks he's ancient. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> of course, he's not. I mean, none of us are. Because uh, you're but... what are you twenty six? Yeah, twenty six. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say twenty five, and I was like, I think one more. No, we add one more. <laughs> and you're gonna have your doctorate. Damn, you're a badass. Oh, such a bad bitch. My God, <laughs> so unimportant. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that are unimportant, Kim Duke, what do you have on your pillow? I have a snack. A snack? Snacky winky. Do you have any allergies to anything? No, 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 no. So I don't know if you remember this part of the... It's so funny that I... like I we weren't remember. planning on the on you be or you weren't planning on being on a podcast today, but this segment uh, we have a snack. With what COVID, we we'll just dump it in her. Yeah, like, don't good. put your hand don't, in there. That sounds don't good. There. Uh, but, Even though we all just washed our hands. Yeah, we, we we try. A, oh yeah, we did. Um, we so we sniff first, and then everybody takes. Wait, a bite what do we do time. first? We sniff. Yeah, Chris failed the last. Oh time. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. like organic Skittles from the Walgreens. I was out the near oh. the Walgreens the other or yesterday, and I was like, interesting organic Skittles. They're not bad. No. So we've got Roca bites, almond Roca, and butter crunch bites. So it's probably like a almond around a butterfinger is what I'm thinking it's gonna be. Ooh, wait, what's going on with these kids on the back here? What did I donate to? So do you Roca ever, bites do you are round made up with when 100%. they ask you anywhere? Like, do you want to round up to whatever for what? I always round up. For me, it's like. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just I'm the kind of person that's like, oh yeah, why not? Like that's just like a a coffee drink. Like why not? I know, I know. I people are always like, do you like um, at McDonald's? I noticed like they they say you can round up, but they never ask. So I was at yeah. the window. I'm like, oh, can we round up? And they're like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is like that? when Marshalls does the donate for diabetes? I'm like, yeah. How much? Mm-hmm. Five bucks. <gasps> so this. Uh, together with the Coco Horizons, we are tackling child labor, empowering women, and fighting deforestation in cocoa farm farming communities. Girl, wow. yes. So CocoHorizons.org if you want to you know learn more about that. You know what we should do from now on with our snacks is only buy snacks that are donating to good causes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll try. It's just hard to find them. Yeah. Because not there's like... The idea is that the this is maybe is there. the third one that we've yeah, hundred uh, percent sustainable <laughs> wow. sourced cocoa, non-GMO, gluten-free, and no. Juice. Oh, that's a P. No preservatives <laughs> or artificial flavors. That's crazy. That is pretty cool. Crack that biash open. All right, I'm probably gonna dump more than one with my luck. Doing that's the fine. right thing tastes. Doing the right thing tastes better is what it says. Oh, that's cute. Oh, I got one. No, oh, they're bigger job. than what I was expecting. I know they are. 
That's what he said. <laughs> Never a bad thing. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It smells like almonds. Oh, I love almonds. Yeah, me too. Which I wasn't an almond guy before. But I have since become one. <laughs> Look at your beautiful face. I wanted to shave my beard no! yesterday, but Zach was like, hell no. You can shave your neck, but keep keep the face. Yes. <laughs> Look how bush Chris has gotten over here. I wish he's, I could. He's oh, so white. Uh, he's so <laughs> Like, there's so much white in there. I love it. He's old. Okay. Ready to taste it? Mm. Oh, wow. So many different emotions. There's a lot of flavors. Yeah. It's like a donut mixed with a Heath bar. Mm. Donut. That's a, that's a really, yeah. That I, is a really good one. That's a oh good one. Oh my gosh, you're so good at, so good mm. at explaining things. Here, take more. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Oh, these are You know fantastic. what I love about wearing masks is like, I only put mascara on now. I do my makeup <laughs> and then I don't do anything here. I've had to buy lipstick in a long time. It's fun when I put on a mask like to see all the bush. Yeah, you like, got so much bush. Oh, I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like the That's surgical fun. masks. It's like. So I love it. Uh, have you and Zach uh, changed your food habits since the pandemic began? Like, have you guys started baking or like? Well, that's a good question. Um, so Zach is actually he. We, uh, his love language, I would say, is like acts of service, and he loves to cook. Mm. Um, of course, now that sucks for me, but um, <laughs> I love. He loves like cooking. I love baking. Mm. Um, so I think if anything, we've just have been cooking a lot of meals and like been baking a lot more um, yeah, yeah. together and such. But I think honestly, I mean, our food habits probably should have changed, but not a, not a whole lot, probably. Okay. <laughs> How about you both? Uh, yeah, gotten a lot worse. I've gained quite a lot of weight. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no. what you meant. Oh, yeah. So have so I. I. I haven't, uh, like, I, I used to not be he a sweets to, guy. I hated sweets. But oh. this is something with, like, I'm a part of a lot of um, a, uh, recovery Facebook pages, and a lot of people talk about, like, craving sweet things after they become sober. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, because you don't realize how much sugar is in nearly every alcoholic beverage, like hmm. Oops, uh, beer, That's especially. Okay. Like it's a lot of like I've never uh, thought about that. It's a lot of um, not spoiled. Well, basically spoiled fruit. So there's a bunch of sugar in there, and hmm. so yeah, it's pretty wild. There's Chris uses strictly eat like vegetables. Like he just sit at his desk, eat carrots, wow. sugar snap peas, all that. Goals. Now it's like. Gushers. Well, well I'm a goals. terrible buyer. I buy like gushers. Yeah, I know you. kids. You're an enabler. <laughs> I know. Should I just throw all everything out? Well, I'm not gonna throw it out. Maybe I'll go donate to a, f- <laughs> a, f- a shelf, food shelf, and then we'll just eat vegetables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, man, I we we need to have you if if Zach is willing to come on. It would be. Oh, I'm sure Zach would be like starstruck. He'd be like, "Wait, why? Why do they want to hear me talk? Because he thinks he's so, like." Not cool, but I think he's like the coolest human ever, and I think you all would and get you know, along people, well. We've had people on where they're like, "What would be? What would I talk about? What's interesting?" I'm a journalist. I mean that that's what happened get when there. you were like, <laughs> um, so like you like you both sat down, got the headphones on. I'm like, oh, like you guys, you both are getting ready for a podcast. Like, oh, who are you gonna be interviewing? And then you're like, 
why aren't you coming in here? And I'm like, I don't have anything to like. I don't. I don't have anything inter- interesting to share or different. And then you learn that you changed someone's life. <laughs> I, yeah, shit. You have to think about that your whole drive home. You like, know what I just realized? You're, wow, you're gay, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like from Shameless. There's oh. a gay Jesus in Shameless. I love, I enjoy Shameless. It's because that's my life will never be like that. So it's like, it's like that guilty pleasure. Such a good show. It is a good show. That's funny. Yeah. There is a gay Jesus in, (laughs) yeah, in Shameless. That's all I picture when I hear gay Jesus. (laughs) Little redheaded Ian. Oh God. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we absolutely have to have you back. Um, Tell people all of the, the things. Yeah. Socials and. Where can people follow you? Oh God, um, um, I have an Instagram um, at Bride and Giving. I'm so lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Uh, Your photos are so wonderful. <laughs> They're so good. You found a way. The thing that I love the most about your photography is you found a way to integrate color oh, into nearly every it's photo. Fun. It's so. Oh, it's, it just feels warm and like. Oh, cool. They're Thanks. so great to to look at. So. Don't let Bryden undersell his fucking awesome <laughs> photography. Look at this picture right here. <laughs> yeah, look at, oh my God, and look at this one right here. Oh, I love that one. And that time that he met Lady Gaga that I photoshopped him into. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do love it. I, I actually, like, this past, like, few years, I've been learning more about color theory and, like, how to use complementary colors to make the, like, even scientifically to make the photos, like, more like actually like scientifically more colorful to like the human eye so it's like it's been really fun wow yeah it's really really fun and i'm like i've never like really actually thought about that and like (laughs) you know if you like add like blues to the shadows but then if you add like oranges and stuff and like in the sky like it's like your 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 eyes will like visually think it's like more like vibrant and it's fun that's really cool yeah Um, so yeah, so it's just bride and giving on, yeah, on just bride and giving. It used to be bride and giving, um, photographer, but I think just because I just use Instagram and, um, I think I might just actually be sharing more like, just like regular, life like thing. life style. Like my, this is my, this is my life yeah, with my yeah. wonderful partner and our kittens. And here's some like education about, you know, activism with like ableism and autism. I don't know. It's just going to be a hodgepodge of garbage. So it's kittens are super wonderful. Cute, <laughs> yes, we are. Head over heels with them. Yeah. <laughs> are, are there any um, like resources that off the top of your head that um, you think could help educate people, whether it's about ableism oh my God. or um, uh, adoption or like political, like it's things that you feel um, are, are worth checking out no, or looking into? That's a good into. question. There's a lot of great um, like self-advocacy autism pages. Um I think I oh, what what is the organization called? Um, also, hashtag like for example, like Autism Speaks. They're terrible. Um, don't support Autism Speaks ever. <laughs> they're they're not led by autistic people. They actually oh. have been looking for for the longest time until two years ago. They've been looking for a cure for oh, autism. Oh my god! Yeah, they don't they don't believe it. They used they technically still don't believe it as like a neurological difference that should be accepted but something that should be cured Ugh. and no one in their board no one no one in yeah no one in their um, board of directors is autistic um they also use a puzzle piece which to a lot of autistic people is triggering for them because they're, they're not missing a piece you know they're not missing i never even thought yeah I'm it's so super it's so this. it's super interesting and so 
a different organization to support. The acronym is ASAN. It's like Autistic Self. Oh, Autistic Self Advocacy Network, and they have really great resources and like really great position statements and papers about Autism Speaks and different things within like our society that just to rethink about, um, okay. which I think is really cool. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, Kim Duke, anything you want to add? You want to flash the camera or? No. <laughs> Not today. Maybe in two months when I lose this COVID oh, weight. It, yeah. This has been such an honor and so fun. Thanks for Thanks having us again. move that elliptical. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. It's he ripped three shirts while moving the elliptical. It's just so jacked. I thought honestly when you walked in like sweats and all that, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have like such a chill session. <laughs> yeah, because that's how we normally do. Yeah, so yeah. we were like, good, somebody finally got the memo. Uh, <laughs> oh, fun. Okay, well the last thing that we say. Uh, Sorry. You okay. <laughs> what a week. The pot, the potty waddy <laughs> thing makes so much more sense now. I, I, I literally thought you you were joking like. I, would, I just want to watch you go to the bathroom on the toilet, <laughs> quote unquote, potty waddy. I was like, haha, Chris is just being like cute well, and warm now, and con- he's like, and now connecting. you know he doesn't want to watch people poop. So you're like, that makes no sense. Now that makes it even funnier because your response was like, you were all on board, like, yeah, I'll watch you go to the bathroom. Yeah, because I was like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he was like, I was, yeah, I was like, he's connecting, like, of course, like, it's like, it's our cute way of like connecting and. And sharing with each other and fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, he has receipts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Where is it? Oh, my, oh my Lord. Okay, 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 okay. This is my life. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you posted that thing uh, showing that we were in your podcast list. Um, and I said, God, we missed the shit out of you. And then you said, absolutely. Let me know if you need an extra need extra hands this week and i said i'd rather have you come be on the potty waddy <laughs> and you <laughs> reacted and i said sunday question mark and you were like i can make myself free and i said yes queen what time works for you babe and you said i'm really flexible on sunday to watch you take a shit <laughs> what a supportive friend that just goes to show <laughs> Because I thought you were actually still talking about the elliptical needing to be moved. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, I love you both. You're so incredible. Okay, so the last thing that we do, our listeners are called ducklings. So we say au revoir little ducklings, quack quack. Au revoir little ducklings, quack quack. Bye little ducklings, quack quack. Good job.